0: Um, You can have the discussions about sex. Gotta have the discussions about sex.
1: to the Little Picture podcast. It's great to have you along. Today we're speaking with Phil, a pastor out in the Central West, and he begins by telling us about some of his experiences whilst working as a nurse.
0: Working in Liverpool Hospital, in the recovery unit, you see all sorts of things happen to the human body that should happen. Like what? Uh, things like um, limbs being handed to you at three o'clock in the morning to hold floors of operating rooms covered in blood and slipping over. Them. Yeah, um, people coming through stuff that shouldn't have come through. To, um, sharpened tooth toothbrushes stuck between ribs. You know those sorts of things, and uh, and just seeing different seeing people in so many different ways. I think is something that's been very helpful me For me as a person, yeah, um, as well as for my like my job now, yeah, you know, seeing people in the best of life and the worst of yeah. life. I mean, um, babies born and people dying, yeah, um, through all different means. Um, yeah, quite, quite, uh, quite eye-opening. One minute would be completely chaotic, and there'd be people with, you know, using all sorts of. You know, blown bodily fluids, yeah, and people stopping the breathing and all sorts of things going. On. Absolute chaos. And then an hour later, there'd be no, there'd be no patients, and he's sitting there doing Cleo, sir, Cleo magazine surveys. <laughs> yeah, I've been working for a few years, maybe four or five years. Four years after that, yeah. um, I broke my leg being a responsible youth group leader of a bush So what happened? Me um, and. Uh, we went for Bushwalkers, the youth group, up to Pigeon House Mountain. And then on the way back down, me and two of the guys in the youth group decided we'd have a, we'd wait for everybody else to go on ahead and then we'd have a race <laughs> to see you get to the bottom first. And they fell over twice on the way down and I they fell over twice on one. And then there's a great big log at the end of the, the walk. And we decided we'd take action photos. And before then I said, oh, you know, you've got the four oh, it must be my turn. So we're taking these action photos jumping off the log and I basically snapped my leg so <clears throat> while my knee was straight I could still see the sole of my, f- my foot on my right. Seeing both bones sticking out of the bottom of your shins, not fun. So that was an interesting experience and had a lot of laughs about it afterwards. <laughs> but the best thing about it was that in hospital, um, a certain young lady from church came and visited me and brought me some mint chocolate and I thought, oh, I'm in with a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but if she's come to see me in hospital, I'm in with a shot. So out of my league, completely out of my league. But she came
1: to see me in the hospital. I mean you were mentioning earlier that it actually you asked her out and the first time she said no, so you broke your leg again and then No, you know. this was after.
0: <laughs> see, we our kids had all if I'd actually gotten gotten up the guts to ask her out when I first started liking her, all our kids
1: would have been brought up and left over I mean, God works in ironic and weird and different <laughs> ways and, <laughs> and I mean, break she, break your leg. You <laughs>
0: Yeah, so basically, was off work for close to twelve months, yeah, nine right. months with the busted thing. Went back to work after going back to work for about two months. I quit, uh, when I said I was going to quit, and then I went off to Bible
1: college. Did uh, during that off work period? Is that sort of did it become clear to you that you didn't want to go back to nursing? No, I, no, not really. It was. I suppose
0: it was probably soon, probably soon after doing that. I was basically sitting on the operating room floor at. Two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, writing the Bible study. So we're at we met at St Luke's Liverpool, and had an absolute blast there. Growing like I've never grown before. Um, hearing the Bible taught clearly as though it mattered, well because it does matter. Practically, theologically, huge period of growth um, as a Christian in terms of my understanding, but also in terms of doing ministry. Yeah. Involved in involved in ministry, yeah. so it was three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning with an operation going on, and it was all very safe. And I was sitting on the floor writing a Bible study. And thought this is crazy, <laughs> and got starting to talk to a guy who I was leaving Sunday school, who's the leader of the Sunday school, uh, and he said, "Oh, you should go off to college."
1: Can I'll just just go back to the operating floor and you doing oh, the yeah, Bible yeah. study there? Is what on, what goes on when? Because I'm just the patient. I'm <laughs> I'm never there in the. What, what else goes on that we don't know about? <laughs>
0: I think what goes on, I think nothing, it's all, I've never seen anything that's been done unprofessionally in terms of endangering patient life or dignity. But I've seen um, surgeons and anaesthetists fighting over what music gets played and (laughs) and it all becomes a bit of a joke.
1: What do you, I mean, you've done ministry out in the country in rural areas for a number of years. What do you think is some of the different challenges that people face? I
0: think... In one sense, there's no difference because people everywhere need to understand, need to get over the misconceptions of Christianity and what it really is. So whether you're in the city or whether you're in the country, there's enormous misconceptions about Christianity. Like, you know, good people go to heaven and the utter rubbish that that is. So there's barriers wherever you go, apart from the human heart and, you know, selfish pride. But that's a big thing, I think, in the city or in the country. I think in the country, you've got, less resources. So take youth for example, youth ministry. You know, in the city in, in Sydney area, in the city big cities, you've got lots of resources in terms yep. of you can you know your kids can go to youth can go to a good youth group, hear the gospel clearly. Um, whereas in country areas it's not quite so easy and there are fewer Yeah, you're less likely to come across as many Christians. As As far as the resourcing, as far as parenting is concerned, which is a really big thing for me, the the whole, there's less resourcing for kids and families growing in the faith. But they're there, and they are awesome when they are there. And the best thing is when there are families in life. I know some families in country areas who have always been in country areas, and I know they're the best thing. As a family, they are the best Yeah. Um,
1: and I guess hopefully, I mean, one of the good things you hope to come out of this is that, I guess, a realisation from a lot of rural people that there are easily accessed really wonderful resources and varieties of things. But the yeah. thing is the community, that's that's the one thing you can't um, manufacture. No. Even, no as no, close no, no. as a Zoom And conference. if you a youth
0: group of six kids, yeah. it's not the same as being a youth group of six yeah. or six hundred. Mm-hmm. The other disadvantage of the country, in some cases, and certain in some of the smaller places I've seen uh, as well as the bigger places, is cultural Christianity. People who are culturally Christians or culturally church members, there are more Anglicans. My, I've got a hunch that there are more Anglicans outside of church on a Sunday than there are inside of church on a Sunday. And they might be, they, I'd be willing to bet that they're more Anglican than Christian um, because it's a cultural thing. Too often there's a cultural Christianity, con, um, consumer Christianity, mm-hmm. convenience Christianity, need yeah, conviction
1: Christianity. Yeah, and that's... That's hard, I guess that that cultural Anglicanism exists, yeah. but it also, I guess, having so many people who do recognise themselves as yeah. Anglicans, there's there's so many opportunities that come with that. Yeah. You're often doing baptisms, weddings, and funerals. Absolutely, That's um, just yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's the best
0: description of the Anglican church I've ever heard. Is it's a rusty old boat, but it's still good to fish from. And I think there's that cultural connection, yeah. but in some cases that just makes people's hearts. Parts harder because it's not being done the way it used to be done, or the way it should be done. So yeah, it's advantage and disadvantage.
1: Doing funerals for people, I could imagine Mm -hmm. at first that would have been a very intimidating thing, or perhaps daunting thing. Yeah. What do you What do you say to someone when they first make that call and say this person's passed away? I
0: don't think it's. I find it more daunting than intimidating because it's. And funerals the hardest thing thing that I do, but the biggest opportunity. It's the hardest thing because there's somebody there in a box. And, I mean, if you know they're a Christian, that's the best thing, but it's not the best thing for the family. But as far as an opportunity is concerned, this is awesome because you can say blatantly and, and not just blatantly but with great gusto and joy mm-hmm. that death has not defeated this person because they're with Jesus. Jesus defeated death and their trust was completely in him alone. So, you know, that's awesome. What about you? mm mm-hmm. Because there is death, death staring you in the face. We can live our lives as though everything's going to be fine, but the last crunch, what then? It's tough when, uh, the, the thing I find hardest about it is when people say, oh, well, they're in a better place, or they at peace now. And so it took me a long time to try and work out what to say. Yeah. And especially when and so I, I generally don't say much or anything at all when they say that, but it's particularly hard when they say, Oh, they're in a better place, aren't they? Now if I don't know that they're a Christian yeah. or if I'm hearing from a family that they're not, yeah. then I'm not going to agree with
1: them. Yeah.
0: I think the true home is the best thing So what? Is what what do you say? I, I just think, I don't yeah. I just leave a sometimes yeah. an awkward silence. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then let your message speak for itself. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: and so I think it's always a case of saying, Maybe that's one area where being in the country is easier in terms of being able to tie in a person's life with the life of Jesus yep. is often easier. So if they're doing sheep work, well hey, that's easy. <laughs> uh, if they're a wood if they're a woodcutter or something yep. like that, well, you know, the best way that Jesus ever did was with wood. It was on a cross. Mm-hmm. So there's always the message of hope to the people who are in the pews yeah. and let them with the help God willing yeah. let them join the dots yeah. not join the dots themselves but let them worry about themselves first and the yeah. colors in the box yeah. um, because there is death is in, staring their face and what are you going to do we get, we get we're running around doing all sorts of stuff but not taking care of eternity is the most uh, gut-wrenching mm. horrific thing um uh, to, to, to
1: have happen. often when people have a friend that's parent has died or yeah. they've had someone close to them died there's yep. this feeling from there's this feeling that yeah. i don't know what to say i don't yep. know how to don't yeah. know how to comfort them i don't know how to be a good friend based yep. on your experiences yep. what would you advise to people who who are trying to help their mate who's had gone through a rough patch like that
0: i mean i think I think that the best thing is just to be with them. Like when, like in terms of, you know, when I've faced grief at various points, just being, just having a mate who we don't even have to talk about it, but you just go and do normal stuff. Yep. That is the best. That is such a good thing. That's awesome.
1: Mm. You're a dad now of, uh, of three teenagers.
0: Being a dad is awesome. Um, I think I never, I don't know about you,
1: I never stressed about anything until I had kids. <laughs> I was so late I was house. Vicky, my wife, she used to, before we had kids, yeah. she used to often say to people, I don't think I've ever seen Tom Grumpy. Yeah. And I used to just wear that as a badge of, of honour. But yeah. uh, for some reason, I haven't heard that for about seven years. <laughs>
0: yeah. no. and it's, I mean,
1: it's an
0: awesome thing. Not just a great thing and a fun thing, but it is, like, it's full of a that Here's this new life. Yeah. This new soul. And that's, oh my God. Yeah. And I'm responsible for yeah. it. Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness, what does God think he's doing? Like, why would I be responsible for this little life? I had to do it but I'm still needing to grow up. I'm not, I know. I think it's, it's fair to say that the biggest regrets of my life have would been would be me being a bad dad.
1: Have you got an example you can share at all that you can think oh, of? Oh, just
0: shouting at the kids. Yeah. It's particularly when I'm little. You know, Sometimes when like I'm tired and grumpy and frustrated with work or whatever else, yeah. I just shout at the kids. Yeah. I think I, I can't think of anything I regret more in my life other than doing that. And quite willing to haven't been too badly bruised by me. So I think but but at the same point in terms of it's it's awesome, it's fun. <laughs> I was thinking the other day when Paul talks about lots of things to do with family, like the Apostle a lot about. that to do with family. A lot of things that he knew to talk about obviously got inspired, but the whole idea of fathers do not exasperate your children, I'm kind of going, he obviously never had to. <laughs> uh, but but it's a real sign, it's a real reminder that, man, God must be patient with me. Yeah. How patient is God with me yeah. if I'm worse than these kids? And I am worse than all of the kids. I'm yes, any of them. So I'm just gobsmacked at God's goodness and God's grace. I mean, the first have a, a, a magnificent life, but the kids, you know, it's just such an awesome thing to see them growing up at different stages
1: of life. Yeah. Pick up different things, become
0: more and more of themselves.
1: Being a father of teenagers, what things have you found helpful in terms of keeping a healthy relationship yeah. with them?
0: I think one of the things that's been really helpful is remembering what it was like for me as a teenager, with all the ins and outs, the ups and downs, the goods, and the bads, struggles, and the joys. But I think having a good relationship with them when they're in infant school or primary school. Yeah. But I think building that relationship you know, from a young age, spending time with kids, before they're a teenager, you've got to money yeah. in the bank. I think that whole thing of of being a very deliberately being a Christian dad. Mm. Some people at my job call me father, but being a dad is ten times more important than that. Yeah, and so to not let anything else get in the way of the relationship between me and my kids, mm. and obviously having me and my wife first and foremost, you know, and for the kids to see that nothing comes between. Two of the kids tried the whole thing of, well, ask mum, now go and ask dad," <laughs> and try and get a different response the third one didn't try <laughs> um, i'm really passionate about dads being serious dads yeah like taking taking fatherhood seriously yeah no, not being a serious dad no way but taking fatherhood seriously yeah, okay. and particularly yeah. i've got a real thing for dads growing gotten men
1: but what are some things that you've done with your son
0: but I, you know, I think going camping with Josh, having conversations, and just spending time and doing the whole thing of playing Lego and, you know, doing stuff with them that they like. I'm yeah. completely pathetic at computer games. Yeah. Fair a Hopeless. Yeah. And I don't enjoy it, but I can't stand computer games, but I love playing with him. The, the one thing I want to do is show the relationship, show what a godly marriage is like. Godly, being a godly husband is like and what are being a godly man's. Yeah. And then there's times when you're frustrated and times when you're pinned off and you're tired and you're grumpy and things don't like go the way you want or, you know, you have struggles and you have strains and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I think. But I think and at the end of the day, to have God in the centre of yeah, you know, it's at the centre of the marriage, centre of parenting. You know, to read through the Bible together. The best thing, yeah, the best thing that any father can do with his son, I think, when they hit year six, you go right, you and I once a week. We're going to read through a chapter of Proverbs together because we're going to see what God says about every aspect of life. Yep. I reckon year 6 is the best time to do it. Um, you can have the discussions about sex. You've got to have the discussions about sex. You can have the discussions about marriage. You can yep. have the discussions about um, language, yep. about money, about work, about uh, friendship, about all those things yep. that Proverbs brings up. When we did that with Joshua when he six, he, he, you know, a card swing book, which I've kind of kept because there's no way he's going to be allowed to throw it out because I want it. Of, after we've gone through one chapter, he has to pick two proverbs to draw a picture of, like, do card Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. He loves, he's really good at doing card yeah. and so on. And, and so just to have, have all those conversations yeah. going, but with God at the
1: center of it yeah and that i think that's really awesome there's just just on that creativity side there's so many things that bible reading doesn't have to always look like two people sitting down looking at each other reading the bible that can be a part of it but it, but it, it can be drawing something out yeah. uh, the other day with gordon you know at easter time we, we built a lego tomb and, and not every time are you going to have ideas but there there are some really cool things that you can do yeah uh, that are really easy and but there's just there's wonderful things you can do, and I think Absolutely. that's I think that's a great example of even with kids as they're growing into teenagers yeah. there's there's creative things we can be doing yeah. so advice for someone their kids thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, yep. I haven't been yep. doing it, praying for them, but
0: also just gently genuinely graciously showing a Christian life, yep. and asking questions I think whether you, particularly if you're a parent, but it advice for you as well, what can I pray for you? yeah. Yeah. Now, the whole thing of the number of times where I knew teenagers in the boarding house whose parents didn't give them any time, we gave them a lot of money. It's it's hard when your kids are fifteen and wanting to rebel. It's really hard, but it's just I think it's just a matter of praying for them. Yeah. Not just praying for them, praying for them absolutely first and foremost, but that then they will know that. That you love them and you care for them. I think wherever we can, you know, talking, walking on the road together, on the doorpost of your house, all those little bits and pieces. Yep. I think that's kind of the best thing. As much as you can have a conversation with them, and yep. I think churches don't realise just how tough it is being a parent of a teenager today. Mm.
1: podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Uh, Also check out our Facebook page and like and follow us there. Uh, Here at The Little Picture, we are all about hearing the stories of ordinary Christians as they serve an extraordinary God. Until next time, goodbye.